Well, hello there, Akaville Radio listeners and fans. This is Tacapella that you are tuning into, so thank you for joining us today. I am the prettier half of your host, Alicia Edwards, joined by my wonderful good friend. Brian Alexander, and you know what? I won't fight you on that. You know, I'm pretty sure our <laughs> listeners will definitely agree with that statement, so I'm not going to fight you at all. I am prettier. Hey, no, hey, no arguments <laughs> over here, you know? Which means Brian agrees. Hey, hey. <laughs> I can admit when uh, there's truth there. So, <laughs> but Alicia, how are you doing today? You know, I'm struggling a little bit. Why is that? Because the pandemic has totally uprooted my acapella life. Really? And what what way would that be? So during during the summer, we typically the group that I'm in, we have a number of festivals that we go out and sing at and and perform at and get to interact with the public, and it's a lot of fun. Um, I really enjoy live performances, and I I mean I enjoy performing live. But left and right, everything is slowly but surely getting canceled. Wow, yeah, and that's the struggle right now. I'm seeing like not only college groups, but like even like the pro concerts that I'd normally want to go to and groups I want to check out. Man, I just I can't do it right now. So I feel I feel for you right now. Right, right. Well, thank I'm you. I'm like there's just so much I'm I'm missing out right now, you know. And I right. I can only hope that you know this won't last forever. So I, I know. I guess that's worst case scenario. That huh? that really is that that's that's just crazy to think about. You know, I don't want to think about that. But yeah. now I'm thinking about it. Thanks. <laughs> hey, you brought this up. You definitely brought I this did, up. I did. I did. And for our listeners out there, you might be wondering. You know, you, you know, this might be a little bit more rambling than uh, we're used to doing. But that's because we don't actually have a guest today. And in yeah, you, we have a special episode just for you. We do. You know, we have a, our very own one of a kind host only specials. Tacapella has done this in the past, but you know, th- there's a time when... But not with ooh, me. That, that's a good point. This is Alicia's <laughs> very first host-only special, so uh, this is going to be fun and exciting. But yeah, we, we figured that you might want to learn a little bit more about us and kind of dive deeper into our minds of you know, the interesting world of acapella and some of the our thoughts and unique perspectives. And boy, do we have an issue to touch on today, Alicia. Ooh, ooh, yes, we do. So it's not every day that the Tacapella show really touches on op-eds out there in the world. But, you know, we stumbled across this very interesting article that was published last year. And we thought, man, that be a great conversation starter for <laughs> very passionate acapella fans. It's titled The Uncomfortable Truth About Acapella. And so the article that we're going to be touching on today is from the Muhlenberg Weekly, which is a college newspaper. And the article is just... So this article comes to us from Muhlenberg College, which is a liberal arts school in Allentown, Pennsylvania, where I have actually been. Ooh, nice. Yeah. And so with the article, it's really interesting because um, the, the writer himself Self has had prior acapella experience, which is something that a lot of our listeners can relate to. But I believe he's just kind of found himself at a point where he no longer likes acapella. And he did acapella all throughout high school and then got to college and realized, you know what? Acapella is really just the same thing over and over. And one of the big questions that he poses on, which is something that we're going to touch on today is, you know, what makes any acapella group different from any other acapella group in the world? Which is, you know what? At first when I read it, it was, you know, I was naturally not excited about uh, that question and the, the ideas that he's sharing. But it's a very valid question if you really think about it. What makes acapella different from all these other groups? Because 
guess his main point is just that, you know, after a certain time, groups just kind of get stuck in this never ending cycle where everything just sounds the same, which I don't really agree with. But you know what? I can understand where he's coming from. And so, Alicia, what do you, what do you think about that? You know, what comes to mind initially when you just hear and read these statements that this uh, this writer has really shared on this paper? Ooh, I mean, I, I do. I do. I try to empathize with where he's coming from because I get it. All acapella groups are, I mean, the whole point is we're all singing with no instruments. Mm-hmm. All the sounds we make are made with our mouths. And I mean, I mean, some groups choose to differentiate themselves in some way, shape or form. Like there, I mean, when I was in school, one of the groups on campus only did Disney songs. Yeah. It was an all female group. That's all they did. I mean, I was part of an all-female group. There's an all-male group at the university I went to. And you're not going to find an acapella group with instruments. That's just part of acapella. Exactly. That's what makes it unique. Yeah. Right. But if you if you want to talk about differentiating one group from another, mm-hmm. that's where a group really, I think from a strategy perspective, if you're in an acapella group and you want to be successful, you need to establish some sort of competitive advantage. Mm-hmm true and and I'll, I'll be honest even when i was with my current group we had a member ask what makes us different yeah and the one of the answers was oh well we're a family friendly acapella group we only do family friendly songs which i mean if you think about it if you if you take acapella groups from around the world at random yeah that that, that could potentially be a differentiating factor but where I live, I live in Utah, the vast majority of, of the acapella groups that you find here are going to be family friendly. Right. So saying that we're family friendly really doesn't set us apart. I think in like in my case, what makes my group different is we do more live performances than probably any other post-collegiate acapella group in Utah. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of the groups that I've seen that are in Utah... They only do like recorded videos. And even at that, it's they'll have maybe a few come out per year. Yeah. So they're looking at maybe three songs total that they're learning in the year. Whereas the group that I'm in, like right now, we've got about 12 songs in our rep. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting distinction right there in itself. I'm like, you get those kind of studio groups versus the groups that like you all are live and right there. That in itself separates you at the end of the day. And that can make acapella a little bit more interesting for the listener. At the end of the day, some people aren't really a fan of the whole live, watch it in person type of experience. And others more, you know, they just they just rather go out and see everything live. They much rather be there, be lose themselves in the moment um, with everything that's being dished out to them. So I completely get where you're coming from. Right. One of the things that I can't help but notice in this article, you you talked about the live performance and people, some people enjoy that. Not everyone does. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that not, not everyone enjoys the live performance. And that's one of the things that this author, writer, whatever you want to call him, um, he mentions that. He says he is not a fan of, of live acapella shows because it's all the same thing. Why do you want to go watch someone perform something that they've, that you've already seen? Right. Yeah. However, I think one thing that does differentiate acapella groups is that I mean, the members in the groups. Mm -hmm. You're not going to see, like, the Noteworthy that I sang with when I was in college is very different than the Noteworthy that you see on stage today. Right, yeah. Like, the personalities of the members are different, and and I feel like that all kind of shines through in a performance. Yeah, it's a natural evolution, yeah. Right, I feel like saying that 
it's all the same. I never want to see it again. It's not entertaining. Mm-hmm. It's like saying that all live performances are not enterta- entertaining. Mm. Like the author kind of touches on comedy and how he wants to do comedy because he can change. It, it can always be different. Yeah. And, and yeah, that makes sense. It can be at times. But I mean, my, my husband is a huge fan of Brian Regan. Mm. He has heard so many Brian Regan jokes and they're still funny. Mm-hmm. Like he can, he can watch them again. He can watch them in a performance. He can watch them six months later. And they are still funny. Um, I've seen One Republic twice in concert live. So, so phenomenal. But just because I saw them one time didn't detract from the next time I saw them. Right. Yeah. You didn't see everything and you didn't hear hear everything and you probably didn't feel everything in the same way that you do every single time you go to that show. Right. And you bring up a very good point that I like. Uh, You mentioned this, the comparison between comedy and acapella. And for me, that's making me, when I hear that, I think about, you know, it's delivery at the end of the day. It's all in the way that you deliver something. You know, a comedian can tell the same joke 20 times and get a, a laugh out of it every single time but the chances are you know the audience might be different every time or sometimes you might have those repeat people what's probably going to change and defer which is in the same way you can attribute back to acapella is in the way that they deliver that joke every time you don't say the same joke right. with the same tone um, you don't say it with the same inflections every single time at the end of the day and so that's what really makes it unique and then I relate that back to acapella you know you have these different groups that or you have a group that will probably go through all these different incarnations at the end of the day and you know what the delivery is going to change a little bit or you look at a group that has the same members for over the course of four years you know what they're going to probably change up their style a little bit right uh, well and and they'll change what songs they're doing exactly too. yeah like i might hear a song done in a, a song done acapella that i've never heard done before mm-hmm. and that's a good point because in the article something that he touches upon and i'm looking at it right now and it's talking about uh how is he supposed to maintain engagement and stay interested interested in acapella groups when he can find a thousand other groups doing virtually the same thing. Well, my comment to that is, yeah, you could probably go out there and, you know, it's a running joke that there are a million like fix you covers out there. But you know what? Each of those individual arrangements are not the same. You know what? There are no two arrangements that are exact same. There are no two groups that are same. And even if they if even if the arrangements are the same, like the notes are the same on the page, yeah. one group may do something different dynamically with the song than another. Yeah. You might have one group that has taken some of the parts and um, not necessarily transposed them, but they're kind of adap- they're adapting the arrangement okay. for the voices that they have. Yeah. So, like, like when I was on Noteworthy, I, I was the bass, and there was one song in particular I could only hit the low note in the song first thing in the morning when I woke up. Mm, I've been after there after a while, yeah. or after I had been singing like, se- like even just a few songs in a set, I couldn't hit that note. So instead of going down to that one note that I couldn't hit half the t- or more than half the time when I was singing through that number, mm-hmm. I would just raise it by a third. Okay. The chord was still the same. All the notes were there, just not that note in that octave. Yeah. And so, like, I, you could take, like, a bass part that's written for a male, and if it's something where maybe I can't hit all the bass notes in an all-female group, I'm going to take those notes that are way too low for me to hit, and I'm going to bump them up an octave mm-hmm. so that I can hit them. So the chords are still there, but... If, if I'm doing that versus in an all-female group versus a mixed group that does that same number, you're going to get two very different sound qualities from that. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And it's it's funny that you're talking about, you know, the capabilities of a singer in terms of, like, say, the bass. And I'm thinking back to my time when my group, when we recorded our album, uh, it was the only album I was able to record with the group. And there was one 
one song that I was singing bass on and it was like the ending note was like the lowest <laughs> note I, I've ever had to sing. And you know what? You know, at five o'clock p.m. on a regular day, I could never hit that note. But right. if I woke up, you know, first thing 7 a.m., I'm good to go. I can hit it consistently. And I, So I'm guessing you recorded it at 7 a.m.? <laughs> exactly. You'd be correct. Yeah. I went into yeah. the studio, woke up bright and early one morning and recorded in a few takes and, you know, all was well. And so I don't think the, the author of this piece is really considering... I think he's considering maybe acapella as a whole and not really giving enough credit to it. But what he's also not considering is the individual pieces of acapella. And it's something that you made me think of when you were talking about your own experiences is the natural progression and the evolution of the singer. You know, at the end of the day, that's what makes performances interesting because I can be in a group. The person I was my freshman year in the acapella group was not the same singer, musician, or I didn't have the same skill set that I had by the time time I was in my senior year. And that in itself can lend itself to diversifying the music. I love being able to see the growth in a group and not just the group as a whole, but like seeing individuals and being able to see how much more they've improved or like their, their maturity level changed, like Mm -hmm. them grow a whole new level of confidence that that wasn't there before. There's one gal in particular that I I was actually thinking about this on my drive home from work. She's on Noteworthy. I'm not going to say who she is, but she's been on it for a few years. And she was she was good when she first started. There was no doubt in my mind that she she deserved to be in the group. Mm-hmm. But seeing the performer that she is now versus where she was when she was first in the group, I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> it's a totally different performer yeah. and it's awesome to see. I'm going to say something kind of harsh about this article. Uh-oh. This guy mentions that he for three years of high school, he was in an acapella group, and mm-hmm. in his senior year, he co-ran it. Right. Not anywhere does he mention that he did collegiate acapella. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I think this is a student who you can be really good at your high school, but when you get to college, you're in a whole different world. It's a whole <laughs> different ball game. That That's true. Yeah. I think he is someone who wasn't, he, he just didn't make the cut. I, I would it's, be my. It's possible. I would venture yeah. to guess that. Yeah. And he got so angry with it, it forced his perception to change. I would be willing to bet that if he was in a an acapella group mm-hmm. during college at some point, he would have a totally different perspective of it. I agree completely. And let me first start off by saying there are so many wonderfully immensely talented high school groups out there i'm like i think we're seeing right and we right. and we've had uh we've in our previous guest uh, elise hackle who works with varsity vocals she's an ichsa producer and she came on the show and she talked a lot about all the strides and efforts high school acapella groups are making which you know we can applaud them for days i'm like they're doing some wonderful things um and in that same respect i also agree with you alicia i think that there is definitely a different level when it comes to your involvement with uh, high school acapella versus collegiate. Uh, collegiate is right. more student ran. You're, you're doing things your own. High school, you have a little bit more support from an experienced music professional who pro- typically spent, who has spent years studying, uh, music education. And so there are a lot of things and factors that go into it. And you're just at a different place. So I get where you're coming from. Right. And I, and when I say that, I don't mean to belittle anyone's oh, no, of course. experience with acapella. Right. I'm sure it, I mean, for most students who choose to be in that activity, they choose it for right. a reason. But, I, I mean, not not all high schools are created equal. Not all acapella groups are created equal. Not all colleges are created right. equal. Yep. Like, if there was, if, if I saw, if there's a high school member 
or if there's a high school student who's a member of, let's say, Vocal Rush in California, mm-hmm. I'm sure that when they get to college, their acapella <laughs> group in high school was probably a much higher caliber than what they're going to do in college. Yeah. Just because that group is well known. They are. They are amazing. Yeah. I, I've i had the privilege of seeing them live. Ooh, oh, I'm jealous. So good. <laughs> I mean, this was six years ago, but... I was blown away. Yeah. And so I understand that there are some high schools out there who have amazing groups. In fact, there's probably more more that have amazing groups than those that are just subpar right. at this point at, in this day and age. But comparing high school acapella to collegiate acapella is like comparing comparing apples to oranges. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a very good point at the end of the day. Like like you said, uh I think that they're the levels they can be similar but they're also still at the same time very different. Um which, you know, it really changes it can really affect your perception at the end of the day, which is I think I agree with you. I think it might it could have potentially skewed the perception of this writer a little bit and I don't I think you know what? I would have been more inclined to um have a deeper appreciation for the article possibly it had I known that this writer went through the collegiate experience and then kind of walked away with these same thoughts but it's it's like he's he got one side of the coin at the end of the day there might be individuals who who have gone through that and who are in that boat yeah who did acapella and they're just like, you know, I, it's just it's just kind of dull for me. Right. And and one thing I didn't think about is I don't I know that this writer specifically, he had years of involvement in high school acapella. What he doesn't mention is, you know, to what level he was engaged and involved with his group. Was he one of the arrangers? Did their their uh, right, the music director right. just write everything for them? Was he just a right. person that showed up and then performed and that was it? Whereas there's so much more involvement at the collegiate level in my opinion. What you typically see is a lot more involvement at the collegiate level. You're writing arrangements. You're there through the creative process. You're there through the social process. There's so much more that goes into a collegiate group typically than what you see in a high school group that can really make and break the acapella experience for you. So Right. And then music aside, this may come off as a little bit petty. So if it does, I apologize. It's not meant to be petty, but I have a very hard time taking this writer seriously because he clearly does not know how to spell acapella. <laughs> that would be the biggest infraction, right? If you look at the article and it's and yeah. it's not that he's spelling it in a way that I disagree with. <laughs> yeah. Just he's spelling it different ways throughout the article. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he's using the Latin spelling, sometimes he's not. And it's there's no consistency. Right. Like the article title, acapella has one P in it. And then the disclaimer at the top of it, well, I guess the disclaimer's from the actual newspaper. But then the first time he says acapella in the article, it's spelled with two P's. And then it's spelled with two P's again. And then the next paragraph, it's only spelled with one P. And I'm like, aren't you supposed to be a writer? Hey. I mean, hey, me, not related to music. But right. If we're saying, hey, if we're speaking openly and honestly, that might be the biggest injustice of this entire article is just, right. it's, it's that part There's, right there. You know, two P's, like if two you're going to spell it, well, and if you're going to spell it with one P, do it the whole way. <laughs> I, I get where you're coming from. Before we get into a much more heated discussion about this, just so I, I don't, you know, like throw my laptop across the room, um, I think it's a, I think it's a good time for a break. I, I agree completely. I would never throw my laptop, but I'm, I'm being sarcastic there for those listeners who don't know me. Um, I saw some air quotes there, listeners. Yes, yes, he did. Well, we're we're going to take a quick break, and we will come back um, here in a few minutes. And we'll get to know a little bit more about Brian as well as myself. We at Acaville Radio are a social bunch. We like to perform and we like to be heard. If you want to hear from us, good news. 
We tweet, we Facebook, we Insta, all at Akaville Radio. Follow us and be kept up to date on all the latest in what we're playing, Aka News, and the groups we're interviewing. Or let us know what you're up to. We love hearing from you. We know you've got things to say. Don't be shy. Reach out and touch someone, namely Akaville Radio, on all major platforms at Akaville Radio. And welcome back to Talk Appella. Ooh, that that felt good. You know, I don't normally get to, I don't normally get to do that. You know, we normally have a guest do that little intro, but hey, I'm not mad at mad at that at all. So yeah, that was fun. Uh, welcome back, listeners on Talk Appella. Alicia and I, we don't have a guest today, so we have actually been discussing some interesting and maybe even controversial topics in acapella. So in our last segment, we were speaking about an article um, written by a former acapella member. They did acapella throughout high school. And just at that point, after completing it and moving on to the college level, they were like, hey, I've had enough of acapella. I don't really see how it's still of interest to me. And I'm, I'm wondering why the world is so fascinated with it. So Alicia and I, you know, we had some pretty strongly worded opinions on it. You know, and, you know, but I think it all came from a good place at the end of the day because we're so passionate about it. And Alicia's like laughing at me because you say strongly worded like like I was swearing no, in the last I, I, I mean strongly worded in the very nicest way, of course. You know, this is a family-friendly show, so, you know, it, 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 sure it doesn't go past a certain point. We do not condone that. <laughs> exactly. And, and with that, you know, there was a lot of things that the author took away that, you know, it has a bit of a negative impact on them. And, you know what? It's fair. You know, we all go through our different experiences and perceptions with acapella and it shapes who we are today. But on that, you know, the flip side of that, there are a lot of positive that comes out of it. And I think something that's of importance to talk about is just kind of the the positive aspects that come from acapella. For me, I've made some very long lasting friendships with a bunch of people I've sung with in acapella before. Um, and that same respect, I've just found a new love of music with acapella. It's hard for me to listen to songs on the radio or to listen to albums without having, you know, that acapella influence come into mind on, you know, harmonizations and, you know, blend and, you know, what went into the creative process. And I'm curious, Alicia, you know, what, what are some of the positive implications you've seen from acapella in your life? I've definitely seen myself grow as a performer. Mm -hmm. I think maybe when I first started on Noteworthy, there was a lot that we were doing that I was slightly hesitant on. I mean, I had no idea I could sing as low as I ended up singing when I was in the group. I think before I was in the group, I thought I could go down to an E consi- or an F consistently. Mm-hmm. And then when I auditioned, I hit an E and I was like, ooh, that was... <laughs> That was low. That's always and nice. Then, yeah. And then I came in and I was consistently singing a C and I'm like, whoa, didn't know I had that in me, <laughs> but all right. Um, And that was so it really helped me branch out a little bit, mm-hmm. get a little bit out of my comfort zone. And I think it helped me grow as a person. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely had an impact on my life. I have I've some people who I consider to be good friends today. I met through acapella in the last. Oh, six to seven years, I've only had about a year of my life where I wasn't involved in acapella in some way, shape, or form. Oh, that's that's interesting to think about, yeah. And I, I don't have the experience of like having done acapella or any sort of singing group in high school because I didn't. I did choir in eighth grade and I probably did like these regional choirs in like fourth and fifth grade with my school district and that's about it. So... And, and that's interesting. I find that interesting that you're you're bringing up, 
you know, what what kind of the implications it's had for you. And it's making me think a lot. And one thing that this recurring thought that keeps coming to mind is this, this confidence aspect. Right. Well, and it's it's kind of shaped who I am as a performer when it comes to. Right. And I think that's that's probably one of the most valuable things I think a lot of people in the community walk away with. It's really inspires you to really branch out of your comfort zone like you're talking about. But, you know, just to feel comfortable in your own skin at the end of the day right. as a performer. Right. I so you're talking about how it's increased our confidence, making us feel comfortable in our own skin. And I think that for listeners who maybe haven't been involved in acapella and maybe maybe those individuals who have, who have experienced it, um, I think, I mean, they've, they've, I'm sure many of them have seen the movie Pitch Perfect. Mm-hmm. And a great example of that is the gal who's on the Bargain Bellas, Lily. She is like raising her hand and she's super timid at auditions. <laughs> and she's like... Yeah, you probably have no idea what I just said. (laughs) We know who you're talking about, though. She is that quiet. Mm -hmm. But then by the end of the movie, she says, guys, I think I know something that can help. Like, her character, just from the beginning of the movie to that moment, total 180. Yeah. Like, total turnaround. And And that's how it is for... I feel like many people who have gone through acapella. Right. And it might not be that dramatic, but it's so true. I'm like, there are a lot of people that go through that shift and who they are as a performer. And, you know, what? I think a lot of times it's a little bit more subtle, but the, the realization is obviously there. I think back to some of the past members I've sung with and some of them come into the groups never having sight read anything in their life by the end right. of the, their time tenure with the group they're proficient in it you know they, they can hold their own at the end of the day there are a lot more people who feel comfortable as a soloist I think there are a lot of really mm-hmm. strong singers and acapella groups but initially when they come in they feel more comfortable you know singing the background parts and then it's not in, or, or the other in, way around or the other part you'll have, that's, you'll that's have people who are more comfortable solo that's true that- and then they experience yeah in the background they they learn to do these different to make these different sounds they learn how to blend better with others that 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 is a good point because i also remember a lot of different um soloists that came into our group and there are a lot of people that got in the group off just natural talent and it was because they were such phenomenal soloists but what the group did for them was strengthen their ability to you know sing with others and right. to just fit into that dynamic which is also so important and for me it did both i guess going into my uh, collegiate acapella experience I was kind of middle of the road. I wasn't a terrible soul singer or anything like that, but I also, you know, wasn't the best you've ever heard at the end of the day. And in that same respect, I could hold my part on my own. But by the end of my time at the group, I felt like both were strengthened, which is what the confidence boost that I really took away from it at the end of the day. You know, I'm one of those people nowadays, you know, people find out I can sing. They want to, you know, get you for church gatherings or get you for these one-off projects things. And so it's just really kind of fuel that confidence boost there. Right. And I mean, for me, I have considered myself in general, probably since childhood, to be a fairly confident person. But there had been moments like I would get up to sing a solo in church in a big meeting and all of a sudden my legs are shaking. Mm. I'm still able to sing just fine, but mm-hmm. I have so much anxiety. I had, had so much anxiety over the whole thing. Like I, I thought I wouldn't be able to make it through. Yeah. The number. And like having gone through acapella, being up there with I mean, we called them like our sisters because it's a sisterhood when you were on Noteworthy. Um, Having been up there with those girls during my college experience and performing like that in front of people, I slowly started to realize those shaky legs were going away. Mm -hmm. And so that was something that was really nice for me. Um, But but aside from music, I think that 
acapella has the capacity to help strengthen other skills. Yeah. Like there's like we have a member right now in the group that I'm in who is looking at doing an internship in accounting. Now Mm -hmm. you can probably think music, accounting, they're totally different spheres. Like they don't intersect at all. But one of the things is that the acapella group has really helped with, and and I've seen it with this particular member is, is having an ear and like just, being conscious of details. Right. Yeah. And I'm like that right there. I'm, I'm actually writing him a letter of recommendation for the internship. And I'm like details. You have to be detail oriented to be in accounting. And so right. there's so many different facets that I have seen acapella help other people in. Um, and I feel like acapella has really just, for me, it's become part of who I am. I started dating my husband when I was in college in an acapella group. Mm-hmm. Heck, my acapella group was part of his proposal. Oh, that's awesome. It's like anytime I'm out and like, or if I'm talking to the girls, if if Wade's nearby, that Wade's my husband, they're like, oh, hi, Wade. Like they <laughs> all know him. And it's. He's just a part of the family. Yeah. Yeah. He's not one of the sisters, though, obviously. <laughs> of but, course, yeah. And and he wouldn't appreciate it if I said that he was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No, no, we won't do that to him. But I, I, I get where you're coming from. I think something that acapella also kind of helps develop is I think most groups these days have like a business manager. And you're talking about oh, yeah, details yeah. and you're talking about uh, accounting folks and people that are in that profession. I'm like so much as ran, as ran internally with acapella groups. You know, you have to have your marketing person. You have to have the person person that goes out there and finds gigs. There's so many real world applications and life skills that come about throughout your time by being in an acapella group. And it really strengthens that. I think that's a really great learning vessel and tool for collegiate groups. And not only not only them, but even groups outside of that, where they're in high school, you can take an active part in helping, you know, find gigs and things like that, as well as professional semi-pro groups. They have to do all the same thing. So there's a lot that can be learned from your time and experiences with acapella. And I don't think that any time is too late to learn those skills. Oh, of course not. Yeah. Um, I I don't think it's too late to start learning those skills. If you're involved in an acapella group, let's say Mm post-collegiate, and it's your first time ever in an acapella group, there are still skills that you can learn. Like members, not all of the members of the group that I'm in right now had done any acapella previously. Oh, wow. I've seen actually some of those members in particular really take like a key or really play a key role in booking gigs or finding gigs or maybe being more involved in our social media and posting stuff out there to help us kind of expand that digital footprint. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's important. And I I love it when you can get those people who are once on the outside and they're, they're coming in, they're taking an active role. I, I think it really does a lot for them and it does a lot for the group at the end of the day. And I think it also is helpful to get like a fresh perspective of somebody who hasn't been in acapella. True. Very true. And and I'm curious, and we're talking about all of this. So, and I'm curious now that we're speaking about all of this, what way is acapella playing a role in your life now? What, you know, I know you're involved with the group now, you know, are you guys working towards something? What is something that just kind of gets you excited and keeps you progressing in the form? We had a lot going on or we were anticipating a lot going on until, you know, Mm. thanks, COVID. Um, Right. (laughs) Right. I think if and this isn't just an acapella, it's I feel like in general, this pandemic has forced us all to be more reliant on technology and use it to our benefit. It's pushed some people a little bit outside of their comfort zone. Um, We had members of the group who had never done a music video before. Mm, interesting. Or have never recorded anything. Not, I, I don't want to say professionally because we're really, it's 
we're all doing it on our own because we can't get together. So it's right. really like amateur recordings, but that even that is very different for them. And so um, one of the things that I've tried to do is take a little bit more of a dominant role and like trying to establish what the process is for, I mean, how, how we're going to make this happen, how we're going to get a song recorded, um, how we're going to put out, not, not necessarily like a professionally done music video, but mm-hmm. as, as close as we can get to it, given the limited resources that we have. Yeah, something above what you guys have uh, have been used to putting out, basically. Right. So it's it's definitely something that is outside of our comfort zone as a group. And right. I, I mean, I'm getting really excited about what the future holds for that because it's 2020. We live in a digital age. <laughs> right. Um, exactly. I feel like the pandemic has reinforced that for all of us. And so it basically makes it if we're able to put out more digital content, it makes it so that we can reach even more people than we would with a live performance. Right. And I, th- I think and, and that's so important right now. And I think I know that you touched upon, you know, everything in this digital age. I think what also is kind of coming to mind as I think about everything that you're talking about also is it's really allowing us to analyze, you know, how do we best use the resources that we have right now available to us? Uh, because I, I think it's you know, obviously there's so there's this massive influx with online videos, but at the same time, it's it's a lot of people's first foray into that, and so it's really sharpening the skill set at the end of the day. And it's even with me, I, I've been thinking a lot about it. I'm like, I'm not a part of a group right now, but even the idea of you know using one of those like acapella apps to just kind of do like a multi-track recording is something I've been thinking about. You know, I just downloaded it. Oh, did you? Oh my goodness, we're on the same wavelength. I just downloaded it yesterday, and I was like, you know what? This might be what something I, mean, I have to try. I just want to see what it'll sound like if it's just me. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? I've been I've been thinking about it a lot lately. And well, not even just lately, I guess for like, you know, for a few years now, because a lot of my acapella friends, we live in different cities and some even different, right. like us, we're in different states. Yeah, we are. And what the... Pan- we're, in di- we're in different time zones. Different times. Exactly. <laughs> you know, everything's so different. And what this pandemic has done for me personally is just like, well... What are those projects I've been meaning to get around to? And, you know, acapella is such a big part of my life. I've been missing singing. I've been thinking about, Mm -hmm. do I start a new group? Do I, you know, do something else? Good luck with that in the pandemic. (laughs) I know. I I can't do it right now, obviously, but I'm thinking about it for next year. But, uh, yeah, this acapella app thing, you know, do I do that now? And so it's causing me to just kind of analyze, you know, what it is that I'm doing right now to best make use of my time. And so I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's interesting and I and I got one more question for you. So now okay. so after all of this kind of concludes because you know there's gonna be there's hope after all of this. You know, there's a rainbow coming. <laughs> you know, what do you want to see? Well well I hope there is. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I, I have no choice but to be optimistic. I I have to believe it. But after all of this ends and you know we get back to some form, some semblance of normalcy what do you want to see from the acapella world? You know, I, I know we're seeing a lot of new videos come out from groups and, you know, we're seeing a lot of cool things happen. But, you know, is there anything new or is there anything that you want um, to see groups do differently that we take away from this whole experience? I would like to see groups push themselves outside their comfort zone more. I mentioned that there's like we are like my group is probably the one in Utah that does the most live performances with a post-collegiate group. I mean, and I, I'm I'm thinking maybe more so along the lines of post-collegiate groups. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple groups that I know of, I think that have some members at least based in Utah, 
Um, and that's really the only reason why I'm more familiar with them because they're more local. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know that they've done any live shows. Hmm. Well, that- and that's something I would like to see more of. I'd like to see, I, I, and I would like to see more collaboration in the acapella yeah. community. Hey, you're reading my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see it with collegiate groups sometimes, especially if they're from the same university or same college. Right. But you don't really see that. No, it's, it's post-collegiate. You don't see a lot of it. Uh, yeah, you get the one-offs where groups are traveling and they might do a joint show with another group. But I was thinking the right. same thing. We need more co- collaboration. Yeah, I think that would be... So- I mean, if anything, the use of technology right now has shown us that it's possible. And so I think that's something that could be really neat for, for groups to consider in the future. Yeah. And in that same vein, what kind of goes along with that, something I've been thinking about, I love to see more accessibility from groups just because like right now we're seeing that, you know what, groups are like on a, almost every other daily basis. We get a new video by some group out right. there. And right. it's just like, you know what, it's not this, you know, high end, super elaborate. Some of them are, of course, but there are mm-hmm. also groups that are just like, hey, you know what, we're in our homes, whatever you have the means to record yourself. Let's right. do it. I want to see more of that after you know we go back to you know groups meeting regularly they go back to whatever kind of normal schedule and routines that they have i want to see this content continue to be pushed out in the way that it is for because there are a lot of groups out there that i would love to hear from but you know i don't live in certain states i don't live across the world i want to see these groups perform and i think that what the pandemic is showing us is hey you know what, if you have an interest, if you have a passion, if you have the, you know, the time, which we all have time right now, is you can make this happen. Well, and I think I think people need to take advantage of the, the circumstances forcing us to be more creative, to think more outside the box. Mm-hmm. And I think that the community needs, needs to continue riding that wave of creativity in the future, even when stuff does start to go back to what we would deem as normal. Right. Well said. I couldn't say any better. All right. On that note, we're going to take another short break and we're going to come right back here on Talkapella. Sure, we have tens of thousands of songs in our library, but I bet you have access to songs we don't have. If you're an artist, a group, or you happen to have a killer music library, then head over to our website. Send us some music. We'd love to play tunes we don't already have in the library, and it's always growing. In fact, most of the music that we receive, we get directly from groups and artists. So head on over to the website, akaville.org, and hit Submit Your Music. We'd love to play it on our air. Thanks for tuning back in to Talkapella. Alicia and I have been having a lot of fun just really getting to share some thoughts and some opinions on acapella in general and then also, you know, what we enjoy about acapella and, you know, the positive implications that can really come about from being involved in the culture and groups and things like that. So um, hopefully you've learned a little bit more about us today um, and we invite you to keep checking out our show. Normally we'd ask our guests if they could offer some advice, what would it be? But we don't have guests, so we're going to offer some advice ourselves. So Alicia, you're up first. You know, if you wanted to offer some advice to our listeners today, what would you say? Don't try to do a studio recording in your entryway. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, but I, I, I'm kidding. Well, I'm not. I'm not kidding because the acoustics for that are just awful. Oh, true. I would say that I think it's important to know that conflict can be healthy. I say that, and I realize I do need to take my own advice because anytime I experience conflict in the acapella world and and outside of that, I I struggle with it because I think, oh, well, I made so and so angry, or so and so is now. Like they, they're not going to want to talk to me or work with me anymore. But I think that when there is conflict, 
addressing it can help you. I really think it can help you grow above it and come up with better solutions. That's true. I, I agree completely. Well said. But what about you, Brian? What's your advice? Ooh, it's been a while since I've offered some advice. But as I'm thinking about the pandemic and I'm thinking about everything uh, the community is going through, musicians are going through, performers are going through, something came to mind. Um, and it really, really kind of jumped out at me as we we're discussing things today. And something that I've thought about before is, you know, this idea of taking risk with uh, music. And right now, there are so many people out there that are really, you know, just putting themselves out there for the sake of, you know, just giving something to their listeners, giving something to their fans, giving something to the people that is just really, it means a lot to them. And so if I was to offer some advice, I would be like, don't hold back on those risks at the end of the day, because right now is the perfect time to, you know, make mistakes, to do something different, to try something new that maybe your group didn't have the time for. Maybe your group didn't think it was, it was capable of doing. You know what? Everyone is rooting for each other right now to continue pushing the art form, progressing the art form. And right now we need so much of those risks being taken. Not only right now, once we go back, once we're back in person with each other, all these close interactions, face to face things, when you're back with your groups, spend time really investing in what can we do that we've always wanted to do and really make that happen for yourself. Because there were a lot of times I look back on my experiences and I was like, man, there was that one song I wish we could have done or I wish we could have done that concert a little differently and added a little bit more humor or something. And I, I find myself thinking about those things after all these years. And it's something that, you know what, if you just jump into it and you won't be thinking about it as much anymore because you're like, hey, I attempted it. So that would be my advice to the community. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, definitely. And so on that note, Alicia, if our listeners wanted to, you know, get in touch with you or, you know, see what's going on with your life or projects you might be working on, where could they find you? Um, let me give you a couple things. Um, I'll, I'll give you mine personally, and then I'll give you the um, accounts that you can follow um, for the group that I'm a part of. So um, if you want to look up me personally, you can find me on Twitter. My Twitter is Alicia, that's E-L-I-C-I-A, Edwards19. And you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram name is Merwin Nation. That's M-E-R-W-I-N-A-T-I-O-N. Um, if you want to find what I'm doing musically, you can look up my group. It's called Inversion Acapella. Um, you can look us up on Facebook, and we are just under that, Inversion Acapella. And I believe on Instagram, we are under Inversion underscore SLC. So that's for Salt Lake City. Nice. Go check out all of the things Alicia's doing there. As usual, you can find me on Twitter at the Brian Alex Brian with an I. And then you can, of course, go follow all the work that I do with College Acapella. Um, that's exactly how it's sound. It's spelled with two P's and two L's for anyone curious out there. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, no jab at the, the author of the article that we were speaking about earlier. But, uh, yeah, go follow all the work that I do. I, I love sharing all the things that I am finding about college groups and I really just push it all out through those platforms. And on that note, you can also go and find Talkapella on Twitter. We have a Twitter account. It's Talkapella, two P's, two L's, just the, just the same. And of course, we have a website where if you missed any of the episodes that we've recorded, you can really just go to the website and every single one of them are on there it's tacapella.org and on that final note please 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 go follow and listen to acaville radio if you've ever wanted to hear acapella around the clock 
they are the perfect platform to really just go, you know, just take the time, listen to some great music, learn and find a new group out there. And so go follow Aquaville Radio. And on that note, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, Alicia, you know, thank you for these wonderful insights and sharing so many opinions on, uh, you know, just some general thoughts about acapella. And thank you, Brian. This has been fun. I agree completely. (laughs) (laughs) So that's going to do it for Talkapella today. For everything else, stay tuned.